All right, three, two, one. Are you confused? Do you struggle to keep a Christian outlook with all of today's modern troubles? Do you want to learn the truth of Almighty God and be humbled in the righteous light of his wisdom? Vote Touch Biloxi for Best Solo Duo Musical Act in this year's Covey Awards. Go to coastobserver.com and look for the Covey Awards tab. It's there, I swear. Oh shit, tack this on at the end. And if it's not, fuck it, like Touch Biloxi on Facebook, whatever. Fantastic. Oh, that music can mean only one thing. It is Thursday night, and it is time for another Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm just happy to be here. And, uh, <laughs> Jacob, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce our guest tonight, because he is a, a really, really funny dude that we met, what, about a year or so ago, and uh, we have a show with him coming up. So introduce our guest tonight. Yes, our guest can be seen at the Cypress Tap House September 19th. He is headlining. He has opened for the likes of Sinbad, Steve Harvey, Howie Mandel. This man can only be Ernie Kinnemer. Welcome to the podcast, Ernie. Woo-hoo. Appreciate the uh, Thursday night gig. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> so how have you been lately? It's been a while since I've seen you. It's been since pre-COVID since I've seen you. Man, I tell you, it's, it's crazy. I... uh. I also own a restaurant, and it's it's been kind of a crazy, crazy deal dealing with COVID. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, um, I did some shows back in March, and uh, I noticed that was right before the shutdown. And I, one night we, we were sold out. The next night was when the, they announced the lockdown, uh, shutting everything down. We went from 120 people coming to just 30 showed up. Wow. So I knew something was up then. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> recently I just got back. I went out uh, went out west and did a show in Arkansas and then did a brewery tour out in Oklahoma. And then I went to Vegas for two nights and I worked out in Vegas. So that how, was fun. How was that? I hadn't been to Vegas. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't worked there. In, I worked there in 1982 oh, and wow. I hadn't been – I hadn't worked there since, so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was know, so five. Was, <laughs> I was five years old the last time you were there. <laughs> well, I was. Well, I was in my twenties. Yeah, I was in my twenties. And Jacob yeah, was. Uh, Jacob was a was sparkle like, in his dad's eye. He <laughs> <yes. laughs> wasn't even a sparkle yet. He wasn't even. He wasn't even a nip of a flame yet. Yeah. I think. But I. Yeah, my I was, dad still had hopes and dreams. My, uh, <laughs> until you and yeah. your brothers came along and destroyed them yeah i was at the the hotel the hacienda hotel with the late great red fox really that, wow. yeah he, he was the headliner in the big room then they had a fire show and then in the then on the marquee it said ernie kenimer in the lounge the lounge held like 40 huh. but that was in 1982 you know, it's so crazy. It's not fair no more. <laughs> it's crazy you mentioned that because I just went down a Red Fox rabbit hole on YouTube oh. about a week ago. I watched a documentary about him and then about Sanford and Son and all that stuff. And oh. then I started watching Sanford and Son this last week. And I'm like, man, Red Fox was just 
way too far ahead of his time. Like, it's, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's an episode I have on my comedy page with him uh, having a mask on like it's COVID nineteen, <laughs> and Lamont he's afraid of Lamont <laughs> infecting him, and he's he's got all the silverware with either F on yeah. it or I, and he goes he goes Dad, well, I mean what. Why do you have an I on mine? He goes, it stands for infected. <laughs> and then he's going around spraying. It was, it's, it's very up to date. I remember, I remember that episode very well. That was the one that Lamont thought he had tuberculosis. So, uh, Fred, so Fred was afraid of him the whole episode. Yep, yep, yep. Jacob, yeah, have you ever <laughs> seen Sanford and Son? Please tell me you've seen I've, Sanford and Son. I've seen Sanford and Good. Son. God I, damn it. <laughs> you, Millenn- do you know, you know who used to be, you know who used to be a staff writer for Sanford and Son. Who was that? Richard Pryor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually he was, worked on he, um, uh, Blazing Saddles as well yeah. with Mel. Oh yeah, Mel he was Brooke. actually supposed to get the role. That, that uh oh, I think cool it got a glitch. Little to help write it with, yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. Was interesting trivia. That was the yeah. thing that was on the uh, the the YouTube video I saw that Cleavon Little was originally supposed to be Fred Sanford in the show and uh, really yeah huh. he was originally supposed See, to I be in Sanford and Son he was either going to be uh, um, Fred or Lamont I can't remember now I'd have to go back and watch that documentary again but that was good de- definitely not Grady no <laughs> I can't believe they eventually made a show about Grady. Like they had so many yeah. spinoffs back in the day. If a show did well, it only, had like eighty spinoffs. The only one that deserved their own show was Ain't Esther. Yes, that was it. <laughs> you know, she had never done any acting before that. They didn't want her to be in that show. They the, uh, Red Fox was the one who went to bat for her and said that if they fired her, he was going to leave the show because they were going to fire her after the first time she was on camera because she had never been on camera before. She was just a, a local comedian, uh, I think, out in L.A. or Las Vegas, something like that. I don't even know. Well, how's the COVID treating y'all down there in Biloxi area? Mm. You know, man, it's um, it's it's good and it's bad. Like it's it's good for us because not everything's too strict here in Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> and it's bad for us because not everything's too yeah. strict here in Mississippi. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we can uh, we can go and hit mics and everything, and we can do the book shows and whatnot. But uh, I don't know, man. Not everybody wants to, you know. Well, the good thing about the mics down here is people do tend to, you know, stay away from one another. Everybody kind of respects each other's space, so it's kind of easy to have the mics down here. But I don't, I don't think I would go if it were if it was packed rooms, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was I was at the doing a. Best of Birmingham uh, with uh, five other comedians about three weeks ago and uh, a month ago, and we had to all bring our own mic. Oh yeah, on stage they gave us all mics, <laughs> and when the other comedian left, he would unhook his and you would hook yours up. Kind of messed with the flow a little bit, considering yeah. I couldn't figure out where the hell the three holes went. But, <laughs> but other than that, it was, it was okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, been an idea that's been uh, talked about around here, but uh, it's a very expensive idea for an yeah. open mic. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I was, you know, we I, in the green room, everybody had on their mask, and 
everybody was social distancing. But then I made a mistake of uh, taking one picture without my mask on with some people. <laughs> And people lit my ass up on Facebook. Of I'm a, course. I'm a big masker guy. I've been, been, you know, contemplating, let's get this thing stopped. Everybody wearing a mask. And, you know, then, I mean, everybody lit me up. I mean, I had to defriend some people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really miss my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain, man, dude. I had to leave yeah. Facebook. I've been on Facebook for about a month now. Did you know... I got a death threat from a, a hardcore MAGA guy um, about a month oh. and a half ago because I uh, did a Monty, Quith- Monty Python quote at him, and he threatened to kill me. So I was like, you know what? I'm leaving Facebook. Good Lord. Yeah. You know, you know I'm, uh, I'm liberal, but I live in a very conservative area, mm-hmm. and I'm old. So most people automatically assume that, uh, you know, I'm a Trump guy, but... But right. I, I would, I would rather, I ain't even gonna, I can't, I can't even, I don't even talk about politics because I get too upset. Yeah. I used to be a, I used to, when I did comedy back in the eighties, the I was kind of like owning the edge, mm-hmm. but now I'm not. I, cause I kind of, cause you're going to piss off, you know, if it's a comedy club, 90% of everybody there is, is, uh, against Trump. But if you're doing a corporate gig, 90% of them are for Trump. Yeah. So Hell I, hell, I can't read people as well as I used to, so <laughs> I just stay away from it. That's I'd... true, man, especially around here where it's like uh, a lot of people do support Trump, but on the bar scene and the comedy scene, a lot of people support Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So oh, if yeah. you make a joke about one of the two, there's a 50-50 chance you're going to piss off half the room. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't, you, you know, there's certain uh, comedians that can get away with it. Bill, Bill Burr, a uh, um, couple of female comedians, but everybody else kind of can, has to kind of yeah. stay away. I tend to know. stay away from political George comedy. Carlin will love it right now. Yeah, I stay away from political comedy. I make a few jokes here and there. You know, I self-deprecating. Yeah, I think Ernie is uh, lagging out a little bit. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, he may need to. Um, when he, yeah. Hey, Arnie, you can probably go ahead and just turn off your camera, and we'll just. What does uh, that mean? Just hit that that button again because <laughs> okay. it's uh, you're you're lagging out pretty good. I think just use it. Yeah, there we go. So okay. we'll just can we'll just stay me? like that. Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> okay. Well, people don't want to look at me anyway. That's good. I'd yeah. rather look at y'all. <laughs> So now I got I got two of me on the uh, <laughs> on the the thing. So well, let me turn this webcam off. There we go. That looks good. All right. So, <laughs> but yeah, I tend to stay away from uh, political comedy myself. I do do some uh, a few political jokes here and there um, if I get really upset about something. Dude. But <laughs> um, I try to tend to stay away from it if I can. I'm the exact same way. Yeah, how is uh? Can you hear me? Is, yeah, we can. Yeah, hear. we can hear you. Okay. How has okay. comedy as a whole changed, like from the '80s to now? Because I imagine it was a, you know, a free for all back uh, in the in the '80s. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I tell people they 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 have a hard time believing. Uh, back 
then there were, weren't but a few clubs. You either had to go to New York or Los Angeles to, to work. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple, there was a couple of clubs in, in uh, Los Angeles, several in New York. And then in 1983, every town over a hundred thousand built a comedy club. So what happened is there was tons of work and they didn't have enough comedians. So you could work, uh, uh five nights a week, uh, you know, 52 nights a week, 52 weeks out of the year. The difference now is there's not as many, there's lots of venues and there's a lots of commit. There's 10 times as many comedians and they're funny. Everyone's funny. There are, there are very few people who really just suck. So, uh, it's totally different back then, you know, you, you worked and worked and uh, you got where you were pretty good. Uh, now, now it's like, People that have never done it before can go on stage and they automatically think they're good because they got a few laughs that first time, <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit different. So did, that you, answer it? <laughs> did, did you see, um, you know, the comedy bust that happened <clears throat> like in the late eighties when there were so many comedy clubs and so many comedians coming out of the woodwork, there was almost like a, a bubble I, that was going to burst. Did you see that coming? Yes, I did. Uh, Cause when when Birmingham, Alabama has two comedy clubs, <laughs> and, and it, that that means something's up. And, yeah. and they even they even had comedy clubs in little small towns, you know, and uh, and they would bring in comedians on weekends and stuff. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to last because you know, uh, it, it just it just couldn't. So uh, they've kind of narrowed it down. A lot of them have closed, but they're still. Lots of them still open, you know. Yeah. Um, the need to close, actually. But any any anything that allows people to get up and uh, do comedy, I'm all for. I love it. Yeah. You know, and, and I've only been back in it for three, a little over three years. I, I quit for 30, 30 years. So what made you stop? Um, well, I'd come in from California to, to – uh, my, for my brother's bachelor party, and I ended up meeting a girl. Hmm. And uh, next thing I know, I've sent for my stuff, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, I'm dating, and I'm kind of just sitting back and not doing anything for a while. And I'm still going over to the one in Birmingham and going to Atlanta every once in a while. But uh, then I just quit doing it. I just de- I decided I wanted to to be a stockbroker. <laughs> huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got my wanted to make some real big money. Yeah. So I did some uh, brokerage for a while. Then I decided I wanted to, to teach and coach. So I did that and ended up doing it for thirty years. Then wow. I retired, you know, from that. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. I don't know. And uh, three years ago, a buddy of mine that uh, tours with this Southern Mama tour and Bang Productions uh, that they have this. Uh, uh, Darren Knight, uh, Ginger Billy, Catfish Cooley, uh, uh, Andrew Kahn, Margin Charge. They, they got like about 10 people, and I started doing videos with him. He, he was a guy I knew in college, and uh, and uh, he took me over to Atlanta one night with him and asked me if I wanted to do stand-up. I, I hadn't done stand-up in 25 years, and I went up, and I bombed. And it pissed me off. It pissed me off, and I says okay. So I, I went back and I 
I called the owner of the comedy club in Birmingham, said I'm back in the game, and he booked me two nights, and I've been back ever since. It's been a little over three years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, well sometimes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a journey. Uh, at, at what point did you uh, accumulate all those credits, like opening for Sinbad and Steve Harvey and all of them? Was that back in the yeah, 80s? That was in the 80s. Uh, uh, Sinbad and I actually went to uh, Atlanta and auditioned together for the punchline over in Atlanta had opened up. And they gave us five minutes each, and they liked me and did not like him. Really? Then, oh, then, wow. Then... then <laughs> Then he went and won Star Search 13 weeks in a row. Wow. Which was a television. It was like AGT back in the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, um, uh, Steve Harvey, I met him a little later. Uh, but Mark Curry, uh, uh, Howie Mandel, I was on a bill one time with Howie Mandel, um, Sam Kennison, Andrew Dice Clay, and a blind guy and a dog. Neither one of us. None, nobody's heard of me or the dog. So uh, uh, that was that was in '83 at the Westwood Comedy Store. Was that, that was where Kennison hung out? Was that so, back right? before Andrew Dice Clay uh, honed his uh, persona, or was that yeah. was he full on Dice he, Man? He did at that the point? persona. He did the Dice Man then, but it was in front of very small audiences back then. Yeah, but you know he's a. He was a Jewish guy from New York. Yeah. He wasn't Italian, <laughs> you know. But, uh, and um, and, the, and I got to see back in the early '80s the feuds because Sam Kennison didn't like Andrew Dice Clay. Bobcat Goldway hated Sam Kennison because he accused him of stealing his routine. And it was it was very very cool. I would just sit back and watch him. And, uh, and they they were really nice guys though. I liked them a lot. So what was Sam Kennison like? Uh, you know, off stage was was he bombastic like his stage persona, or was he kind of subdued? Yeah. No, subdued, and uh, uh, there wasn't anyone that could out drink him or out drug him. Trust me on that. He <laughs> yeah. could, uh, he could outdo. He was so different, you know. And he's my favorite comedian of all time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's my. Fi- I mean, he was. First time I ever met him was in the bathroom at the comedy store in Westwood. And and he's over there peeing, and I'm sitting there going, I have never seen anything like you in my life. He goes, and he turned around and says, you ain't seen nothing like me. What about this? And he whips out his Johnson. <laughs> I said, well, you know, sorry, but I don't like shrimp. That was my comment. <laughs> but uh, he was a funny dude, and uh, he, uh, he just – he got so hot so quick. Yeah. That's what messed with him. You know, so Howard Mandel was wearing, uh, he was wearing plastic gloves even in the eighties. Yeah. So what, so do you, against, what do you think about, germs, um, do, do you think comedy is so much more different now than then? Because nobody really does like the, the persona thing anymore where, the, yeah. you know, they have that stage persona like Andrew Dice Clay and Bobcat right. Goldthwaite and, and all yeah. that. Do you think it something's missing from comedy because that's not really a thing anymore? I, I think I think uh, uh, I think to make it now in comedy, uh, you've got to be almost political. You've almost got to have like a a. Uh, it's like if you go to the Montreal Comedy Festival the year before last, the ten ten top comedians 
uh, gay, lesbian, LGBTQ, YZ, uh, <laughs> black uh, women. Uh, it's like they're looking for somebody else other than a white or a, or just a regular black comic. You've got to yeah. you've got to either be gay or you've got to be you've got to have like something that you've done like a podcast. <laughs> you got to have something else that's kind of got you uh, a little bit of a crowd. You know, you yeah, yeah. Uh, some notoriety. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. You know, I, uh, that's something that um, that's something that I've definitely encountered going from uh, an open mic comedian to someone who's getting booked in other states and stuff. Like, I can't tell you how many people, how many times people have asked, like, yeah, so uh, what are your credentials? And I'm like. Dude, I, I was an open mic comedian like a few months ago. I don't have any fucking credentials. I'm just funny, and I think you should pay me. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all I got, man. Yeah. Well, my first, you know, when I first went to California, uh, the comics didn't get paid. We were, we, we didn't get paid at all. And uh, then, the, then uh, like a year later, there was a comic that committed suicide, jumped off the hotel next to the, um, comedy store and he uh he was good friends with richard lewis and uh uh gary champ not gary shanlin uh um leno and both of them uh didn't didn't uh wouldn't uh they were marching out front of the comedy store. this is before i got there but i was told this and uh they never worked the comedy store again but david letterman and gary shanlin and a few other ones went across the picket lines and they continued to work at the comedy store and that they, they would get the good gigs and Leno continued. Then Leno finally got, you know, tonight's show and stuff like that. But I used to make $15 for 15 minutes, Wow. you know, back, wow. yeah, back in, that was in the eighties. And my agent got me a job watering plants at hotels. <laughs> so I would go water <laughs> plants at these two Beverly Hills hotels. And, um, I think I made $4 an hour and then uh, I did that like from, you know, like six in the morning till 10 every day. Yeah. Then I would go home and sleep and then go out at night and stay all night and go to club, different clubs and do comedy. Uh, there was three or four in the 80s. Uh, Last Stop was in Encino and then you had the improvisation and you had the comedy store. And then later on the Laugh Factory opened up, but that was after I'd left. So was that kind of your base of operations back back then, the early 80s? Were you based out of L.A.? Yeah. L.A., yeah. I moved, uh, uh, moved to L.A. I went out in 79 and stayed a while. And uh, I was a senior in college and liked it, but I didn't have any money. And then I went back, went to school, finished school, and then did a real job for like 10 months and said, I can't take it. So I moved out there in 81. <laughs> permanently for a few years okay and, uh, that was it was very interesting you know so you got My to see didn't run into say so what i uh, say so, so you got to see all the like like the great comedians come through there like uh, did you see like uh anybody like richard pryor or anybody oh, yeah. like that come yeah. through there i uh i was at the comedy store when he filmed live on the sunset strip <laughs> really yeah yeah i was <laughs> wow shit. yeah yeah i wasn't working you know who opened for him? Patty Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle opened really? for him. 
course, they were called LaBelle. They were called LaBelle. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, it's documented, but he, uh, he was, he went on the, the night before and bombed, and he just quit right in the middle of it and said, I, I can't do it. And the, everybody was invited back the next night, and then he absolutely killed him wow. the next night. A lot of people don't know that. I did not and know he, that. Uh, uh, Robin, Robin Williams was the every comedian's nightmare when he would come, because if you were going on at nine o'clock, if you were like a well-known comedian, they would put you on stage, let you go up and do a set. Yeah. Well, Robin Williams would stay like an hour and bump everybody back, and if you had uh, a gig later that night, it ruined that gig. So we would we would see Robin Williams come in, we'd go, oh no. You know, there goes my extra thirty dollars I was making tonight. You know, <laughs> that is insane. Did you ever get to have a conversation with Robin Williams? Sure, sure. I met several times. Several times. Nice guy. Never, never knew he had depression. Never knew any of that stuff. Hmm. You know, the the night that um, you ever heard. Of, if, I'm a big John Belushi fan. Yeah. Y'all like John Belushi? Oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. 1980. 1982, I was at the comedy store, and Belushi came into the comedy store with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, and they were looking for drugs that wow. night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did they find was, any? Yeah, because that was the night Belushi died. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty crazy times right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, Robert De Niro was with, was with John Belushi the night that he died? He was with Robin Williams, Robin De Niro, and Belushi all came in together. Then later on that night, I think uh, Belushi met up with that girl that ended up giving the giving him the shot oh, yeah, to kill yeah. him or something. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that was 1982. So what? Yeah. what 38 years ago. Yeah. yeah, he was my favorite. You know, I'll Chris you, Farley yeah. was as close to him as being like him as any comedian. You know. Yeah. He oh, was yeah. Very. You know. I tell you one of my one of my favorite John Belushi uh, movies is one that not a lot of people know of. Uh, have you ever heard of a movie Neighbors that he did with uh, Dan Aykroyd? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That yes, movie's that so creepy and funny, oh. but nobody and, knows it. And what what's really funny is the original cast had uh, Earl being played by yes. Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and. Uh, uh, John Belushi was supposed to play the crazy role, yeah. and they said we're not doing the movie unless we switch up, you know. And they, they did, you know. Yeah. So the last yeah, minute they switched weird, roles. <laughs> weird, weird, weird movie. Yeah. Belushi wanted to be serious because then he got then he did that Continental Divide with uh, yeah with Blair Brown or whatever name was. I mean, I you know, uh, stick. He should have just stayed in his lane and well, that was the thing, Blue brothers and. I remember when I was a kid, I was such a huge John Belushi fan. Like, my dad would buy me all the, like, John Belushi VHS best of Saturday Night Live tapes and all that kind of stuff. And he brought me you know, Blues Brothers and all that. And then yeah, yeah. I was so excited because uh, on network TV, uh, Continental Divide was coming on. And I knew that was a John Belushi movie. So I was like, oh, I want to stay up and watch this movie. And I got like an hour into it, and I was like, "What is this?" It was like I haven't laughed <laughs> one single time. What is uh, happening? Uh, another one that you might want to check out uh, was what his first movie was called, "Going South." 
going it was south. with him and Danny DeVito play uh, like cow rustlers or something. And Jack Nicholson is like a he get he, they're hanging him and a lady saves him saying she'll marry him if they don't hang him. And I yeah. think that was called Going South, and uh, it's pretty stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a uh, dictionary of bullshit facts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a really good yeah, documentary, too, about uh, National Lampoon's uh, oh, magazine. Yeah. I think it was on Netflix, and uh, they, they went into a lot of, you know, what, what John Belushi and all those guys did, because that was kind of the precursor to Saturday Night Live. Sure. And sure. Um, that was a pretty good uh, documentary to watch. But, yeah, John Belushi is still, like, man, what a what a talent to have ripped from us way too oh, soon. Yeah. Like that yeah. dude was just yeah. comedy, like like just built of comedy. I could give you about ten more. You no, know, could give you like ten. 10. Yeah. Y'all freeze up. Okay. Uh, well, you're we're back. Good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Hello? Yeah, you, you froze <laughs> up a little bit. Okay, I thought that was y'all. No, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Well, what else? What else y'all want to know? Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about the show coming up? Uh, let's see. What is it? The 19th, September 19th. Yep. It's going to be at, uh, the type Cypress tap house in uh, yeah. ocean Springs, Mississippi. So, uh, t- you know, tell everybody about the show coming up. It's a, uh, show and, uh, <laughs> I'm headlining it. Uh, uh, I think we got some other comedians. I've seen their names on the, the marquee and I, According to y'all, y'all be working again with y'all. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I got several friends coming uh, from the Mobile area. And actually, my wife and daughter are coming down, which is going to be scary because uh, they usually get very embarrassed at my shows. But uh, <laughs> but they're get, they're getting a they're getting a you know a room at the we got a room at the uh, Hard Rock, so they'll get some good food out of the deal. So yeah. and I'm gonna stay an extra night or two. But uh, it starts at eight o'clock, and uh, I presume it's about an hour and a half show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I appreciate Crangus uh, Gillespie. Is it Gillespie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gillespie. It is. I appreciate him booking me to to come down to do this, and uh, I'm excited about it. I haven't. Uh, uh, he he sent me a picture of the of the place, and the place looks fantastic. Yeah, the Cypress Tap House is a Hopefully nice we'll get place. A few free beers out of the deal too. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> Cypress Tap House is a really nice place. I think you're going to enjoy it while you're there, and um, definitely we'll. So we're uh, going to have to we'll have to dress up then, huh? Um, maybe not. I'm going to wear my usual attire. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a jeans and a t-shirt. I, 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 I will. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll. I'll uh, uh, there was two two uh, things. Uh, I remember from the comedy place out in LA and other places where people headline there, there, there used to be signs. Uh, only person that can use the F word is the headliner. That was really? funny. <laughs> and, and the other one said, other one says no comedian wears shorts. And that was another one. <laughs> yeah. Comedian, no comedians, you know, and I did a show recently in Atlanta. I didn't know I was going up. I was just over there to support a couple of friends and I had on shorts and a t-shirt and a hat. And, uh, they said, Hey, so-and-so I can't make it. You want to go up? I says, can I? They go, why not? I go, 
I got on shorts. I thought that was like a a, a rule from the from the seventies. You know, they go, "No, you can wear shorts." I said, "Okay." So you know, that was it's lots of clubs have weird rules. You know. Yeah, well, um, it's kind of a uh, a musician thing too. Uh, I oh. remember back in 2004 when we were on tour with Three Doors Down, Chris Henderson from Three Doors Down got on to us because he's like, nobody's supposed to, nobody's supposed to wear shorts on stage. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't care what you say. It's freaking hot up there. I'm wearing shorts, man. It's rock and roll. Who cares? <laughs> really? Rock and roll, man. You're yeah. Push the envelope. You and your cargo shorts were pushing envelope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ernie, man, it's been really nice talking with you. I can't wait to hang out with you and have a few beers on the nineteenth. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Man. I'm still uh, gonna. I'm still gonna bug you for more stories from back in the day too. While we're while absolutely. we're sitting there, I've got. I've got. Well, I'll tell. Let me tell you one. Would you like to hear a Jim Carrey story? Yes, absolutely. please. All right. And uh, uh, I, I, I was like one of the only comedians in 1983 with a car. Most of them uh, <laughs> didn't have cars. And, uh, uh, my car was a 1976. Oh, you cut out. What was it? Then uh, a trunk that was held down by, by, by a chain. And someone actually broke into a car and stole some of my clothes. That's how. That, but even and in 1983, Jim Carrey signed to do this uh, TV show called Duck Soup, I where he played that. a cartoonist. But yeah. he was still not making any money, and he and he was living with his parents, and he didn't have a car, and he needed a ride after the show that night about midnight to Bel Air to his girlfriends. And if you can tell me who his girlfriend was, I'll buy you your next beer. Uh, mm, Lorraine Newman. Good guess. Um, <laughs> she was a female rocker. Female rocker. Is it Leader Ford? No. Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt? <laughs> yeah. I, really? I, I pulled up to her house in a gated community in the my accordion car, and uh, they, basically, they basically didn't want to buzz me in until I had the right codes, and I went in, and I... I asked him if I could go in and meet her, and he said no. <laughs> he wouldn't let me meet her, you know. So that was that was one crazy story, though. But it was a cool. Uh, but he he was getting rides all the time from people, though. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, he was uh, he went from being the best impersonation. All he did was impressions back then, but he totally quit doing any impressions and. He used to get standing ovations, and then he went work for about a year where he would get booed off stage. Wow. And he changed his whole act and uh, and went into the Jim Carrey, what he does now, just crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. But uh, he, was a, he was a great uh, impressionist. Well, Linda Ronstadt Ronstad would have been uh, quite a bit older than him at the time, wouldn't she? I think... Probably he was like nineteen or twenty one, and I think she might have been thirty, maybe close oh, okay. to it. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. she would have been older right. than that at the time because she was around since what, like the early seventies, late sixties. Stone Stone Ponies, uh, 
she got the Eagles started. I saw her in 77, and she was like in her late 20s or early 20s at the time. Okay. So I think she started real young. I don't know, though. Wow. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll Google that. Here in a little while, I'll figure out how to get y'all off the phone. I'll Google Linda Ronstadt's age. I know she has Parkinson's now. Oh wow, terrible, I didn't know that. But uh, you know, she couldn't even go to the event when they put her in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Damn. Y'all still here? Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, you're still Hello? here. Yeah, we're here. Y'all still here? Okay, I thought. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought that. Uh, Jacob doesn't move much, so you know, kind of scares me. <laughs> okay, hey, kinda... I only move when it's necessary. Yeah, boots involved. Y'all good? Yeah, we're there? we're good, man. Um, we're gonna go Hello? ahead and uh, we're gonna call this an episode, man. Thank you so yeah, much okay. for joining us, and um, we'll we'll have you back on again, and uh, hopefully we can do it uh, all in person the next. Your time. voice is kind of fading in and out. All right, well, we'll let you go ahead and go, Ernie, and uh, thank you very much, man. Yes, thank you so much for coming on, Ernie. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and end the show there because <laughs> his uh, yeah. internet was getting kind of bad. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And um, I, uh, Jacob, tell, him, <laughs> tell everybody where to get a hold of us on the interwebs. Yeah, you can email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at OpenMikers and follow us on Twitter at OpenMikersPodcast. And your last reminder, please buy a ticket online at Landmass Comedy's Facebook page. That's Landmass Comedy to buy tickets to see Ernie, Jason, our feature, Ryan Adams, who is from Mobile, who is amazing, who's mm-hmm. been trying to get on the podcast. I'm going to talk to him and force him <laughs> to come on our podcast. And I'm going to do a a little little guest spot that's not on the books. So please buy a ticket for all the laughs your belly can handle. And, we'll see uh, y'all later. All right. Good night, Ernie. And uh, th- everybody, I'm going to put the link to the Eventbrite page in the show notes. So uh, that's going to be about it for tonight. So if you'd like to email us, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. Go click the link for the Eventbrite page hey, to go. Uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> to, to go to the show. Go to the Eventbrite link, and uh, we'll see you guys right here next Thursday at 7 p.m. Y'all have a good night. Talk to you later. Okay, I heard it. See you later.